Welcome to Bloombox Growing Deeper. I'm Sarah. I'm Hannah. And we're on a mission to help you become the gardener you want to be. All right, before we get to the episode, everyone, we wanted to give you a quick update on the greenhouse, fundraising, and some opportunities we want to make you aware of. So exciting. First, Sarah's still losing. (laughs) Help me, please. So if you want to show your support for Bloombox, (laughs) donate to Sarah's greenhouse campaign. Come on, people. It's in the show notes. Are all of your Bloombox plants depend on this greenhouse existing? That's right. And because that's a big part of what we're going to grow in this greenhouse. And we only have $8,000 left to go. So your $10, $5 donation really does make a difference. So support Sarah, support Bloombox, help us build a greenhouse. Go to the show notes to find the link there. Also, another link you'll find in the show notes is um, to a t-shirt that we're selling. These are so awesome. They are a super cool t-shirt. They are a beautiful green, because we're plant people, and they're the comfy t-shirts. Don't Good. let anybody- No scratchy, thick no cotton. S- no scratchy, none of this Gildan 50-50 stuff, no. This is good, soft. Tight neck bands that you're like stretching out in the closet. Soft, soft t-shirt. And we put something on it. So we're not just trying to sell you a plain green t-shirt. That's good. I already have one of those. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So it says, I planted Nebraska in the shape of Nebraska on the front. And then it has our logo in the back. So every green t-shirt, every one of those t-shirts sold gets money back to us for the greenhouse. So you get to look cool, you have a cool t-shirt, and also support the greenhouse at the same time. And do your back to school shopping. Maybe you're one t-shirt short of your back to school wardrobe. That's right, or birthdays. Mm -hmm. Christmas is not that far away. (laughs) I mean, it's a little far away. (laughs) So you can only order those t-shirts until noon on September 1st. Oh, that's coming up, guys. Yes. That's like less than two weeks away. So if you want one of these t-shirts, they're only $25 by noon on September 1st, and it will support the greenhouse. By quite a bit. You said $15 of that comes back to to us as a fundraiser. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good, people. Yes. Yeah. So please help us build a new greenhouse. We're so, so close. $8,000 is all we have left to raise. And um, you can do it a variety of ways. If you are like, I don't want to support Sarah. Sorry, Sarah. Uh, I don't need another T-shirt. I'm sure that Bob's going to win, but I would love to not be in last place. (laughs) Sarah and I have been battling last place here. (laughs) Um, And you're like, I don't need another T-shirt. Guess what? You can donate with no benefits at all. You could donate that $25 straight to the Greenhouse campaign through my fundraising link. Right. All benefit. Everyone benefit. Or plantnebraska.org slash greenhouse. Yeah. (laughs) Either way. Not Hannah's link. Anything but Hannah's link. There you go. Um, And you can learn more about the Greenhouse Project and everything we're doing there as well. Remember, we're trying to raise the money by September 1st because then we can get building it in October, which means it will be ready to grow those Bloombox plants in February. Yeah. That's so exciting. I can't believe it. That's so exciting. We're, we're very excited. So please go to plantnebraska.org slash greenhouse or find Sarah's link in the show notes or the t-shirt link in the show notes. So many ways to give to the greenhouse. Thank you. Today we're going to talk about doing all those things you didn't do for the last two months while we were trying not to get heat stroke. So it is mid-August 
And it is still summer. I mean, I know everybody is saying it's back to school. You it's guys, fall. It's still summer. There, I went to the grocery store, as one does. There are Thanksgiving cards no. in the Hallmark card section. Thanksgiving. Target was putting Halloween candy out. And I get it. Fine, Halloween. I decorate for Halloween on September 1st. <laughs> but it's, it's my August favorite. 17th. <laughs> but Thanksgiving, that's that's, that's pushing really it. pushing it. Yeah. So, yes, it's still summer. It's still summer, which means you all get to enjoy my lovely allergy voice today <laughs> because it turns out I'm super allergic to grass pollen. I was going to say, is it the goldenrod? <laughs> no, we're going to talk about that. It's not the goldenrod. It's the grass pollen for me, which is very convenient with my job that I'm allergic to grass pollen, but it is what it is. Thank goodness for allergy medicine. I've known vets allergic to cats. And oh, they're man. just like, it is what it is. But I love them. I love, <laughs> yeah. I was just out in my backyard crawling through the big blue stem to take pictures of wasps last night. And uh, then I had to go inside and wash my face. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it it is what it is. I still love them. It's not the goldenrod, people. Uh, goldenrod is insect pollinated. Grass is wind pollinated. If right. it's too heavy for the wind to pick up, it's too heavy to end up in your nose. <laughs> sorry i've seen some weird things and up in kids noses so i don't know yeah okay it's too it's too heavy to accidentally end up in your nose how about that i like it uh goldenrod is is largely beetle and wasp pollinated which is why i was crawling in there taking pictures of the wasps mm-hmm. so yeah. it was fun but we're gonna talk about we've just come off of like july it was really hot this year. It was so hot. And if you're not familiar with Southeast Nebraska, not only was it hot, there were days with 80 to 90% humidity levels. And let me tell you, the corn be sweating. It, I, I live outside <laughs> of Lincoln and I can tell you the corn is sweating. Yeah. And so we would get very, very hot. And then there's just this haze of humidity. Mm. And you might think, ooh, maybe it's going to rain. It's not going to rain. That's just the humidity. Mm -mm. So nobody was working in the garden. No. Mm -mm. I let it go. I let it go, go. Just like it is what it is at this point. But the fun thing I did get out of letting it all go is that I found a little squash plant in my oh. front yard that would normally have gotten mowed. But since it was so hot, the grass wasn't growing. Yeah. So I didn't need to mow. And so now I have acorn squash that growing in my front yard. Awesome. Talk about a lawn like, conversion. Yeah, like the squirrels <laughs> did it. Um, and so I'm just letting it grow. Yeah. And I'm going to get some squash that I didn't have to do any work for. That's and since awesome. it's in a it's a, in a weird place, the squash bugs haven't found right. it yet. They're like, oh, we don't bother with lawn. Right. So I'm That's excited. So cool. It did give me the idea to maybe actually convert my lawn to pumpkins next year. But one of my neighbors was like, why do you have a squash growing in your front yard? And I think even my progressive neighborhood wouldn't handle it well. <laughs> But with your love of Halloween, it would be so fitting. Because what I want to do is then allow the neighbor kids to come pick their pumpkins. Oh, that would be so sweet. Just half of the lawn. I'm, I'm thinking about it. I, I would think about it. <laughs> I think that's a worthy pursuit. All right. Yeah. Uh, I We didn't mow a lot. And that is 
um, you know, it's kind of preaching to the choir with this podcast, I think. But if it's hot and the grass isn't growing, you don't have to mow it. A couple of my neighbors could have used that memo because if you mow your very slowly grass while it's, you know, extremely hot, then you have to run your sprinklers 10 times as much. And, you know, I didn't do a whole lot of watering. We were really hot and dry, but all I really did was turn my soaker hose on my vegetables and I've got a soaker hose on a new garden that's still being established that we planted this spring. So I yeah. turned those on a couple times. Yeah, that's all I watered too. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, I don't have a lot in my yard otherwise that needed it. And if you don't, you know, if you're not going to weed when it's hot, which I'm not, I'm just, I'm not going to weed when it's that hot. It, it will survive for three weeks. I did a good job um, getting rid of the like really aggressive stuff before in like June when it was hot but tolerable so I could let it go for a few weeks if I had been watering that whole time I would have had a jungle of weeds because I would have watered my plants and the weeds Mm -hmm. yeah the only thing I really kept an eye on was our aptly named weed of death yeah well we've talked about yeah Yeah, I, I pulled those when I was out walking around. I did, And I know we both also watered our trees. I did, yes. Mm-hmm. I have three trees that have been planted in the last five years, and they all got water. Mm-hmm. I like to water my trees with, um, I've got a two-gallon watering can, and I've only got three trees. So this does not go for anybody who's <laughs> watering like 10 trees or they're spread across an acreage property. Right. These are three trees in my front yard. I do it with my two gallon watering can because then I I know I can see and understand the amount of water I put on them uh, and think about how long it needs to be before I do it again. I have when I'm, you know, out working, just put the hose on trickle and laid it in the mulch bed. But that's kind of it's hard for me to like really conceptualize how much water that was. Mm hmm. So before we talk too much about what we're going to do here to catch up, I would, you know, we're in Nebraska, so this is this is what we call false fall. Yep. Right? This yep. week, it's like 80 during the day, 60, 59 last night. It was Hannah's gorgeous. wearing a jacket. I'm wearing a denim jacket because it's fall, but I can take it off. Um, <laughs> so this is false fall. And summer will rise again. It will. Yep. <laughs> this is like the back to school. Everybody yeah. gets to wear their new jeans. Right. And right. then it's going to be hot. Yeah. The state fair hasn't happened yet, y'all. And that's that's always hot. So um, when it gets hot again, Sarah, tell us why we shouldn't just turn on the sprinkler at three o'clock and let it go oh, all over. You want to talk about appropriate watering yes, time. Just so, real quick. Okay. I mean, you want quick? Because we can go oh, we can uh, go you, deeper. You so, do you. The warmer it is, the mo- faster water evaporates to a point, unless it's super, super humid and the air is already full of water and it can't hold any more water. But when it's hot and dry and the sun is blazing down, water evaporates really quickly. I mean, that's how come you can get out of the pool and be dry enough to get in your car in half an hour. So if you're spraying water up into the air, as our lawn sprinklers tend to do, you're throwing water up into hot, dry air. Not very much of it. I mean, it's not all coming down on the grass. Right. It's And when it is, 
we're spraying water. I mean, I'm talking about grass just because that's what yeah. I see a lot of people water. It's almost worse in our perennial gardens, our prairie gardens, where we've got taller plants mm-hmm. with big leaves. And we're spraying water on top of those leaves. Very little of it is getting to the ground where the plant wants it in its roots. And it leaves water droplets on all the leaves. So then that hot sun, if you've ever um, aimed a magnifying glass at a poor unsuspecting (laughs) insect, it's the same thing. That water droplet is like a magnifying glass and the sun will burn the plant through those water droplets. And it creates a lot of humidity in the foliage of the plants, which is where we get like the powdery mildew that people complain about on their bee balm and their rudbeckias and things. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was maybe longer than you wanted. No, that's perfect. Okay. Because I have seen this trend. <clears throat> I have seen this trend in my neighborhood of sprinklers, these, these weird sprinklers that are... They, like, sit on a stand, like, four feet yeah, in the air. Yeah, I don't understand this. And I guess it's because they can go further, right? I like, guess. Like, they shoot the whole yard. I mean, it's like putting a pivot on your front yard. Right, pretty much, yeah. I've seen it, people balancing their regular sprinklers up on yeah, five-gallon buckets. Yeah, it reminds me definitely of a center pivot. Um, So, I guess what we're saying is the way... We water. I don't have soaker hoses everywhere, but I have a little sprinkler and I set it up not full blast. Right. So that it's just getting the ground around. Because remember, what you're trying to do is get the ground wet. Yeah. So that the roots can soak it up. The plant leaves, like Sarah said, they don't really need (laughs) the water. And also, plants use, um, they, use evaporation of water just kind of like people do with sweating to cool as well that's why they wilt a little bit in the afternoon so um keep all of that in mind because if they're getting them wet all the time then they can't sweat and they don't then they get hot right in so i do have we have lawn sprinklers built into our yard they came with our house and i i don't hate them it's it's very handy but we like to run them at night. So we'll run them at like eight o'clock um, until we go to bed. We can move them, move them around the yard. We don't have them on a timer because, um, well, actually because it leaks. But um, because we like to water when we know it's appropriate. We don't want it just running on a timer that we forget about and don't turn off. And then you're that neighbor whose sprinklers are running in a downpour because you forgot that they were on a timer. Um, so we like to just be able to turn them on when we need them and turn them on the section of the yard that needs it because our backyard's super shady. It doesn't need the same water as our front yard that's almost completely in sun. And so we kind of, we put our toddler to bed and then we go turn the sprinkler on. And then when we go to bed, we turn it off. And it's a routine. It's a routine. And so then we don't forget to turn it off, even though I did have to jump out of bed last night to go turn a soaker hose off. Um... It, it helps us remember that we do it at the same time, but also it's cooler by that point and the sun is going down. And also it's a very strong pet peeve of mine, people who run their sprinklers over sidewalks in the middle oh, of the day yeah. because people are walking on the sidewalk, folks. <laughs> That's what a sidewalk is for. Yeah. Run your sprinklers over your sidewalks when 
it's less likely that people will walk on them. Mm -hmm. I just find it extremely rude. Yeah. All right. So that covers summer watering. So, I think so. So now should we talk about some late summer yeah. garden chores? So after we haven't done what we're <laughs> supposed to be doing in the garden, um, I guess I should say there's no supposed to be doing in the yeah. garden. You choose. This is It's your garden. Maybe um, you like 118 degrees with yeah. 80% humidity. Maybe you get out there. To fix your tan. I don't know. <laughs> uh, maybe bindweed is your favorite plant and that's what you want to grow. So be it. <laughs> not not my neighbor. Yeah, please don't, <laughs> please please don't do that near me. <laughs> do, do that somewhere isolated. <laughs> We've got some weeds to pull. Uh-huh. Um, and mostly I have noticed that the weeds we've got to pull are the things that grow up super fast Ugh. and look really bad. Yep. But they're not things I'm really worried about hurting my garden. Yeah. If that makes sense. The pokeweed. Yes. Oh, it got thick. It did quickly. Uh huh. I have not like witnessed it ever killing off other plants in a reasonable amount of time. I mean, a yeah. month, it's fine. It, it looks bad. And it does fill space that you might be hoping another plant would fill in. Right. Or shading Mm -hmm. some things that you want to grow a little faster. Mm -hmm. But it's a pretty quick cleanup. I mean, it pulls easily um, and it doesn't wrap around other plants where you have to carefully, you know, detach it. The weed of death. Yeah. (laughs) Does do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I have weeds in my cracks. Yeah, like that's that's really because those take some work to get out. Um, and I do spray them. They're the only weeds that I typically spray just because otherwise I feel like you're constantly pulling them because right. you can't get it all. So that was that was something that I did one of the first cool days is spray because you got to spray it and then you got to wait a week yeah. before you pull them. OK, good point. We don't spray when it's hot. Same right. reason. It, it's liquid. It evaporates just like water. And when spray evaporates, it doesn't just magically disappear. Right. It gets on our tree leaves and it mm-hmm. gets on other plants and it's pollution. So yeah. we spray when it's cool. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways. So, yeah, I waited, like uh-huh. you said, until it was cool <clears throat> to spray them. And now it's been a week. So tonight probably is my polling night. Uh, I did... you know have to remind myself so i got all excited after we did our test kitchen of weed killers um i'll link to that Mm -hmm. it's on youtube um i tested four recipes of weed killer um that people sent in or i googled most of them seem to revolve around vinegar which is great because i have lots of vinegar and i learned new things about vinegar yes we learned a lot about vinegar that i did not know also how hard it is to find different vinegars. So I was really excited by the fact that I had some success in that, that I hadn't really expected. And it turns out that undiluted vinegar is a pretty effective weed killer. Well, so I got all excited because I was like, great. Because when I spray, I've got to be really careful. Like I've got a kid playing in my yard. I've got people who bring dogs over to my yard. You pick and stuff for your bunny. I pick stuff for my bunny. And you cannot explain to a two-year-old why this dandelion is okay to play with and that dandelion is not okay. Um, and why yesterday we could play in the front yard and today we can't. So I try to be very careful. Um, and I was like, great, vinegar. <laughs> I can spray, you know, when I need to. And so 
I forgot that spraying plants is most effective in the morning mm-hmm. because spray works by messing up their growth cycle and their growth happens during the day when there's right. sun. And uh, so even it might be tempting to say it's a nice cool evening. I should spray. I mean, you can, it won't yeah. hurt anything, but it's not going to hurt the plant that you want to hurt it won't either. Do the work you need it to do. Which makes it extra complicated because now you've got to find a cool morning. A cool Saturday morning. Yeah. That's when I did it. I actually tend to do like a little earlier daycare drop off mm-hmm. and then spray before I come to work. Yeah. Because then we're gone for the whole day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there's nobody around to like touch it until right. I think it's like 12 hours that it's, you know, rainproof. And then I feel better about, you know, I don't still don't want to go play with it, but hopefully an accidental. Yeah. If you walk by it, it's not going to be a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was fun to learn about. But also I I had to remind myself not to get too excited get and your, just spray whenever your plant 101 yes your plant science 101 it went yeah. right out my head i'm so excited <laughs> about the vinegar i love it i think it's a good solution i want to try it i haven't yeah. tried it yet i use the same spray that i have been using for seven years five years um it i tried to i was like is there a date on it somewhere couldn't find it okay so i, mean, I just keep using it i've bought a gallon of like five years ago with a little spray thing yeah and uh haven't gone through it yet so well, that is a very good indication of how little you spray I really try not to spray. and there were there were a couple of weeds really close to my currently blooming joe pie Ooh. and so i just left them yeah because i know how how many things visit my Joe pie and I didn't want my Joe pie affected. So I just was like, yeah, those weeds will live to see another day and yeah. we'll, we'll go to something else. And we tend to, with the, like the weeds and the cracks of our sidewalks, my husband mostly weed wax them off so that they mm-hmm. never have a chance to go to seed. That's a good idea. And then we'll take like one day a summer and actually clean them up. Yeah. Um, because it takes some work it to does. get them out. Uh, we got really lucky this year, and while we were away, my dad was out supervising the pool playing and mm. dug up a whole bunch of sidewalk crack weeds. So he's welcome <laughs> back whenever he wants. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's how I knew I needed to spray them, because my neighbor came over one day, um, like when I was out in the yard doing something, and he got, he kind of made a joke of like, the next time I'm mowing, I could mow your driveway. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get it. Also, I mean, it's it's effective though um, when you've got things blooming right by your Joe Pie, um, you know, just to keep them from going the mm-hmm. seed, just to like cut the tops off um, until your Joe Pie is done blooming, and you can. Maybe you could dig them up and not hurt the Joe pie. But um, if you just want to leave an area or you can't get to it yet, just to keep the tops cut off so they can never form seed, that it doesn't get rid of that weed, but you won't get more. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The next thing I'm doing in my late summer gardening, and this is going to be a shocker, I've got to reestablish some lawn. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> the dog sure does a number yeah. on some spots and they're they're not spots where i will ever want 
a garden, you know, you got to have a little bit of grass to play in and let the dog run around in and, um, it's along a path. So it, I gotta, I gotta put some, a little bit of grass seed down to help it catch back up. Yeah. So how do you do that with, I mean, do you have to like reroute him for a while? Uh, yeah, sometimes like there's a couple of spots, mostly where he causes problems is the spots where he likes to scratch. Oh, yeah. You know, it's that, like, um, territorial thing where he scratches with his back legs and it gets his scent all over or whatever. I don't know. I'm not a dog. (laughs) Um, And so those areas I have to reseed frequently. And I just have come to terms with that. Yeah. <laughs> but if yeah. I let, if I don't do it, I learned this last year because I didn't do a good job of reseeding in the fall last year. And so then when winter came, it was just mud, mud oh. everywhere. Because I was going to say, I'd be tempted to just be like, oh, that's the dog spot. Mm-hmm. But I did that last year. The experiment, I mean, it was a good experiment, but I learned a lot. Yeah. Um, and so then all winter, anytime it got a little bit warm enough for any type of moisture to show up, there, our house was full of mud. So um, I'm going to try to get the grass established again before the fall just so that it holds some of that soil in place this winter. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have not done a ton of, I mean, we're just kind of at the point where we care more about our gardens. Our yard was not in horrible shape when we bought the house. And the backyard, which is where we spend time in the lawn, is in pretty good shape Mm because it's the shadier part. Mm -hmm. Um, But not too shady. It's like the perfect grass growing place. The front yard, though, is a we've got two neighbors that have a lot of weedy grass and so it can be hard to like keep it out of ours and i've had pretty good success with fall seed planting for grass but not i have not had great success in the spring and some of that can probably be put down to my job yeah that i just do not have the attention to give it in the spring but i just i've just sprayed and killed crabgrass and then just thrown the seed right in there because I don't want to go buy the like mat stuff you put yeah, over yeah. grass. I tried that. The dog tore it up. Didn't work. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I bet he loved it. Mm-hmm. And I just threw it right in. And I mean to be fair, I'm not really caring that much. I'm just trying to keep the weedy stuff from the neighbors at some sort of bay <laughs> uh, so it doesn't fully take over. But I'm not that invested in having a a perfect turf grass mix lawn. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can take that with a grain of salt. How about uh, woody stuff? Are you dealing with your tree seedlings yet? or You know, I have a few, especially mulberries, popping up. And those suckers are very hard to pull yeah they don't want to pull they right put up. roots down so they fast put roots down and then i swear as a protection if you try to pull it their bark like that that really young green bark just slides right off so oh, yeah. if you try <laughs> pull it you just fall back and you have a bunch of green leaves, leaves yeah. in your uh, hand so yeah the i've been dealing with those not not too many maples that's good this year which is nice um a few oaks i've had mostly mulberries 
some of my crabapple seedlings. Mm-hmm. Those are super easy to pull, which I find funny because mulberry is such a tiny seed. Right. Like, crabapple is such a big seed. And it seems like it should be the opposite. Um, a little bit of oaks. We actually have a few oaks that have been saved in buckets because they were too nice to throw in the compost. I don't know what their future holds. We'll see. They need weeded, actually. <laughs> um, in the bucket. In the buckets. <laughs> it... I'm trying really hard to catch those seedlings and pull them now. That's like probably my priority weed. I would leave a dandelion if I needed to pull seedlings because right now they pull or dig. But next spring, they aren't going anywhere. And we have so many big, I think I've said this before, we're still trying to get rid of stuff that was just left growing in our yard and sumacs and things that are are just big and they take so much more time to get rid of. Yeah, I continue to battle my hackberries. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. it just is what it is. I just, every time they come back, I just tear them back down. We'll see how long that takes. It could take a while. Yeah. I've been, I've been having that battle with like, it's like this shrub of mulberries where I think several mulberry seedlings in a clump establish themselves mm, and it's a beast yeah and but they're like big enough i can't just dig them up. i've tried to just dig it up i can't get in there mm-hmm. it's like a rock mm-hmm. so i don't know what i'm gonna do yeah i just keep chopping it back so it's this little stump of mulberry sprouts yep sure yeah that works yeah all right i have a conundrum okay i'm hoping you can help me with i'll do my best so you know how I told you how cute it was that the dog likes to sleep in my mountain mint? Yeah. And then he smells like mint. It is cute. Man, he has done some work on that Bloombox garden. So he has created really, like, next to the mountain mint, where I used to have some nice pitcher sage and some um, sedges and different things throughout there. He has created, like, this... this perfect alistair size like almost dip in the ground (laughs) that he can sleep in that is actually very nicely lined with some sedges like i'm sure it's very comfy um and i kind of let it go too long yeah so now i need to know should like i've decided it's time to take that land back okay (laughs) from him should I let it go through the winter and and work on it in the spring, or is there no time like the present and I should start trying to? Probably no time like the present yeah. when it comes to raising grade or fixing dirt. Yeah, uh, because it's not something you can do quickly. Once you fix that grade, like it's gonna get wet and yeah, settle, settle, and then it's gonna freeze and thaw. I if. Dirt work like that has to be done. I would always rather do it in the fall than plant in the spring. Uh, It doesn't, I mean, it sounds like a fairly low stakes reclaiming, like in terms of people who have to like actually raise up grade. Yeah, no, it's a small little dimple. Little divot. Yeah. Um, I guess my first question is, are you going to successfully reclaim it? I'm going to try. set on it? being his bed i am really gonna try it well i'll fence it while i'm reclaiming it okay i think maybe 
I don't know why he likes that spot. I think he can see the front walk uh, from it. So he can he can look through the fence. Yeah. Um I'm not I just I don't know what draws him to it. But also it's one of his favorite spots to do his back leg scratching. Uh, so it's like thrown the dirt and thrown the plants. To make himself a bed. Uh-huh. That uh-huh. makes sense. So I yeah. don't know. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. Because right now, like I said, it's like a hole and then there it doesn't look good. I and then I'm like, here's my bloom box garden <laughs> and it's just a dog. A dog shape. <laughs> yeah. I kinda like that. I think it would be smart um to start now. Well, maybe not like today. Yeah. Maybe like late September. I mean, you could even wait till it cools off. I would just do it this fall. Yeah. I I retract that statement. I would wait till like October. (laughs) Okay. Because that's not where you want to put your energy when it's hot. Mm -hmm. But I do like to see people do like changes to soil in the fall and then plant in the spring because then you just let stuff naturally kind of settle and move around and you can see if if you got enough in there. I see so many times people rush that they raise the grade up maybe they use too much compost not enough topsoil or they use topsoil with a lot of clods or air and it settles and then all of a sudden they've got these like half planted plants poking (laughs) out of the ground because it settled yeah um too quickly and i've also seen where people plant and the plants settle with the soil and they still have a divot because they didn't they filled enough while it was fluffy Right. But didn't give it time to like yeah. do its thing. I want to see what is still growing in there too. Like, do I only have sedges there now? Or is that pitcher sa- sage still maybe trying to make its way? I don't know. So I, I need maybe to get it. Fence in there. it now. Yeah. Clean it up and then give it this month and a half of summer left to, to perk, up. perk back up and show you what is still alive yeah that's a good idea i think i would do that oh he's gonna be so mad <laughs> you can blame uh, it on me okay <laughs> he doesn't see me very often <laughs> uh, She's like sarah made me it's what, not my fault what also worries me then is like okay well what's gonna be his new spot <laughs> yeah that's so, why i was kind we'll of see. thinking like that is your bloom box garden. It's yeah. right by your gate, so you kind of want to show it off. But yeah. it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to like plant a decoy garden, yeah, yeah, of a few new sedges and mm-hmm. be like, "Look, Alistair, this is my fancy <laughs> new garden," and then right. pretend to be upset when he sleeps in it, mm-hmm. and the whole time it was for him. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Maybe that's more so mental cute. labor than it's worth, but nothing. Everything's worth it for Alistair. Okay. <laughs> I would do that. I would let him have some sedges and mountain mint. Yeah. That, of his own. There's always more room for mountain mint. Yeah. <laughs> I have to find a garden for Silas next spring. Because mm. um, mm-hmm. he's past the point of just wanting to watch me. And now he wants to help. Which is great. And my grandma... It was actually like really perfect timing. We were planting our fall seeds yeah. two days ago. Mm-hmm. And just in time for that nice little rain we yeah. got. Which is perfect. And he was helping me. He planted the peas. And then the next evening in the mail, as a surprise from my grandma, comes this little toddler garden set of like a little rake and trowel and shovel. And so now he's all excited uh, about gardening. But I, I planted everywhere. And so the only spot, he had a little packet of lettuce seeds that he really wanted to plant. Mm-hmm. 
and I let him plant them in the pot around the base of my bay tree because <laughs> I couldn't find any more space. Sure. So in the spring, we need to to create a Silas garden where he can plant stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of the same thought is it can be the decoy yeah, so that he's yeah. not there trying to pull up my one surviving onion to, mm-hmm. to help. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> uh, I only got, I planted a whole row of like green onions, like bunching onions. Yeah. Only one lived. So it turned into a real onion. Um, sure. And he was trying to pull it up the other day and I was like no only one lived <laughs> leave it wait this is gonna be so good when we have our one onion. our one onion to go with like our mountain of carrots right that we managed to grow oh so good so I am all for decoy gardens mm-hmm. I think I've said that about flower pots too to yeah to play it one that it is okay for the kids to play in um yeah and and then the rest are for you can I tell you about my other dog decoy oh, tactic? Yeah. So Alistair really likes to lay on my yoga mat when I'm working out. So I put out two yoga mats. That is <laughs> one for me and one for, one him. for him. And he lays on it and he rolls around and he That's adorable. has fun while I work out. I wish that worked for bunnies. My yoga mat has large chunks bitten <laughs> oh, out of no. it because she likes to eat squishy foam yeah. stuff. And I'm like... Not only am I mad because that was my yoga mat, I'm mad because foam is not good for you to eat. Right. <laughs> does she eat it or is she just chewing? I then you find it all over. It. Oh no. Yeah, I'm not well. really sure because she can chew things up into really tiny pieces. Right. But I think she eats it. Yeah. At yeah. least more of it than I want mm-hmm. her to eat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, the other thing that happens at this time of year as we're talking about critters is the squirrels have started planting things in my garden and digging up things any thoughts other than to get a dog did your dog do anything about squirrels not about squirrels i've watched a squirrel walk up to him i'm just like do 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 while he's just laying in the yard rabbits though he will keep the rabbits down he's serious about the rabbits but he can't quite get them. He can only get the babies, <laughs> which well, is sad. I mean, you're preventing for babies the spread, right? I yes. Um, he's gotten really good at getting babies this summer. I don't know if we've had a lot of rabbits who have decided to nest in our yard. That seems like a poor choice. It's a bad choice. A large dog living in it. Yeah. But what's more surprising is that some of these rabbits are getting to be like three and four weeks old before he finds them. Oh, so he's so, improving. So maybe not so good because oh. <laughs> he lets them get that old Yeah, where they've been living in our yard. Although the most recent massacre, they were younger. <laughs> and so. maybe some of those older ones, they're just, they're in the neighbor's yard and they're big enough to venture into yours. Uh, no, I found the nest. Oh, oh. Because I found the like nesting fur well, and like everywhere. maybe he took his and heat break too. He probably did. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, it's and he had a limp. chasing rabbits. He had a limp for a oh, while he did, from, you know, just working so hard, I guess. <laughs> um, and rabbit chasing. Yeah, right. So he to get some rabbits, but not the squirrels. So I really, my only tip is to yell at them. I turn into that old person who's like, get off my trees, you squirrels. 
And actually, I don't mind them in the trees. Yeah. But what drives me nuts is because, like you said, I love fall. Fall is my uh-huh. favorite. And so I do this whole, like, porch scape yep. in the fall, right? Like, I have my mumps and I have my pumpkins and I have all And it, like, takes up my whole porch. <laughs> And then I get outside in the morning and my mums are like turned over. Of course, they're going to go after pumpkins. That's fine. I know that. It's expected. But like my potted plants, please just leave them be. They straight up stole a pumpkin. (laughs) Like a good size one from our yard last year. And I would have like, I saw it happening. (laughs) Yep. Did they team up? They no, no. It just was like it took him a while. He was like kind of rolling it away, <laughs> and it's like a Disney movie. It was. It was like that over the hedge movie. Yeah. He didn't like get it out of our yard, but he got it out of my pumpkin display, and I was like, Ah! No wonder you can destroy so many things. Ugh. They are stealing plants from me. They stole yeah. a uh, Missouri primrose. Like, uh, it's just, go- I blamed Silas at first. Um, <laughs> Poor kid. I mean, I didn't tell him I blamed him because yeah, yeah. it doesn't do any good. Right, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Unless I caught him. Yeah. Uh, but then I saw him digging in the garden the next morning and I was like, no, you st-. like They took the whole plant. whole plant. There was no evidence. <laughs> there was just this little hole in the ground where I happened to know. What I are they going to do with it? I don't yeah. know. I did, we were taking a walk, Nick and I, and saw a squirrel <laughs> eating a cicada okay like it was yeah. just it perfectly placed in this tree limb mm-hmm. just eye level so we could see <laughs> and it's just ripping it open it ate the whole cicada and tossed out the guts so they are i mean when there's not nuts they have to eat other yeah. things so i yeah. didn't know if maybe they were eating the roots yeah mm-hmm. it's not really a tuberous type but plant like, there are nuts right now yeah there Some are things. There's not acorns so, yet. Leave my plants alone. Ugh. But the shagbark hickory, those things are dropping nuts. Yeah. It, but those There's aren't not very plentiful. There's not a lot of those around trees. my house. We mostly have acorns and walnuts. Yeah. The walnuts. We got walnuts. Yeah, we got walnuts. Our, Eat the walnuts. Our neighbor Darn squirrels. house, um, the one that's not very well maintained, it, there's a apple tree at the corner of our driveway in their yard, which is a terrible, like, in between the street and the sidewalk. So the apples can just well, be all yeah. up on the sidewalk in the street. And it's a very old, very untrimmed oh, maintained so. apple tree. So the apples don't even, yeah. like, they fall before they, they mature. Uh-huh. So our whole driveway is just littered with apples. So they yeah. could eat those. Gosh. But uh, I don't have any solutions. Squirrels are the worst. Yeah. I am open I would love to hear people's solutions. I've tried like putting pine cones around my plants. Yeah. Well, they can move. They just cones. move the pine cones. Yeah. I mean, I do have neighbors who wrap like big sheet metal around their trees just to keep squirrels from being able to get into their trees. And that drives me crazy. I'm like, it makes me laugh. They, first of all, they're coming from the top, not yeah. the bottom. Um, and also, like, I don't really care they if they live in, the tree. in trees. Yeah. I don't care. Leave my plants alone i'm not out to like get rid of all squirrels no. i just want them to, to want to make sure they leave my establishing plants alone yeah uh, and my bird feeders i don't even know what to do about my bird feeders i just stopped filling them because it was just squirrel feeders yeah i ended up with this complex uh 
tin pie pan situation <laughs> last year that did actually work um it worked it did work we had oh, to yeah. move the string further out the limb so it wasn't too close to the trunk of the mm-hmm, tree mm-hmm. and then make the string long enough mm-hmm. and then i put like punched a hole in like a throwaway tin pie pan mm-hmm. and put it over the strings that made mm-hmm. like a top yeah and they would try to get down it and it would move and they'd fall it was kind of funny do you have a picture nope darn but i did enjoy watching it yeah or no i didn't do it last year i did it while we were still working from home oh that's how i saw infinite it infinite time yeah and <laughs> i was sitting in my front window right, all right. day working mm-hmm. so i could watch this mm-hmm. happen mm-hmm. and that's where i would like see them digging up my planters like with uh, me right there and i would open the window and yell at them and they just like stare at you i don't care yeah Go right back to digging what are you gonna do so, yeah. any ideas? Because fall planting season's about to start, and that's when they get really. Uh, yeah, they awful. really want those plants. Yes, and they'll they'll just pull up whole plants just to see if you buried a nut. I mean, Alistair did bring me a plant one time to throw for him. That is hilarious. <laughs> I had just planted this row of plants, and he just pulled it right out of the ground you know because it was like literally an hour after i planted it so the whole like soil was everything there. came with it and he just brought it over to me he was like That's here awesome. this is my new toy throw it for me <laughs> he has had some weird stuff his other favorite toy he this one lasted for like three days was a Wendy's frosty cup i can see that <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Um, Silas's current favorite toy is this squishy poop emoji that I got from right? um, an extension event where the manure people were handing out poop emojis. And he so took it good. to bed that night. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. It's I have I got two, one for him and one for me, and it's sitting on my desk smiling at me right mm-hmm. now. I love it so much. Yeah. Uh, it says manure happens. Make the most of it. <laughs> <laughs> does yeah. it really say no that? that was their slogan oh that was their the, slogan i was like i thought the it only had their... just says their website which yeah. in case you're wondering manure.unl.edu yeah check there them out go. they had a great poster on the benefits of manure in the garden uh-huh yeah um i'm hoping they'll come talk to us sometime yay uh so another thing that i like to do in the garden this time of year is some selective cutting back Okay, tell me about that. Um, so we're hitting that time of year when we're switching from our summer blooming plants to like our summer fall blooming plants. So the early summer stuff is fading, like our penstemons, um, mm-hmm. cone flowers are are still hanging on for now, but they're about yeah. to start fading. Um, let's see what else. Can my I... mount mint is starting to get kind of floppy yeah. and end of seasoning. Uh huh. My Missouri primrose has been blooming since the spring. Mine has is that normal? not quit. Okay. I, yeah, it should. It's a, it's awesome. <laughs> okay. Mine still is throwing out like a new flower every yeah. day or so. Uh-huh. It's yeah. awesome. I love Same it. Same with my Cali Row. Oh, your um, purple poppy melon. Yes, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Couldn't think of the common name. Yeah. It that should be. stuff just keeps stop. going. Those nice, those low-growing mm-hmm. plants—they just hide and there. They're in the together, shade. so that yellow oh, and the purple. Mm. That would be beautiful. Yep. I had this great combination of linum, which is blue flax, so like a powdery blue. Ipomopsis. Mm-hmm. It's a scarlet gilia, so it's like it's very red, but it's still like 
summer red. It's not right. like husker red. Right. And then um Like a wine red. red. No. No? Like a dusty red. Oh, okay. Okay. I like my shirt, which oh, is yeah, helpful yeah. to anybody on the podcast. <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> um, it, so like a dusty red. I'll put the picture in the yeah. show notes. And then my um, primrose, so that pale mm-hmm. yellow below it. And it was just like the best summer color scheme. Yes. I loved Good it. Job. It looked like stripes on a beach towel. Yeah. It oh, would have made fun. an excellent beach towel. Mm-hmm. What were we talking about? We were talking about cutting things back. Oh, yes. I yes. distracted you. That's okay. But I do want to know because I haven't really done anything to my... Um, mountain mint so oh, yeah maybe it's time to cut some so mountain mint should be one that mine is very new so it didn't flower it's full season but it should be just finishing or or maybe finishing up here soon mm-hmm. but as plants finish blooming i like to cut them in half okay and i do this for two reasons one because when they finish blooming they tend to get floppy yes and um i just you know I like to have a prairie garden that's also, you know, looks like it belongs in my yard. Right. So I cut them back in half to get rid of that flopping. And then it opens the stems up for nesting bees so that they can get in there and lay their eggs. And, um, you know, that happens mid to late summer. Right. And then they're going to overwinter in those stems and emerge as new bees. In the spring, which is exciting. So um, I like to open that up. Mm -hmm. And then it also like brings more air into the lower parts of the garden, into stuff that hasn't bloomed yet or stuff I'm still trying to establish. Uh So it just like opens it up for some other plants to take over and have their chance to shine. Because my mountain mint is definitely shading out some new snow in summer that I'm trying to get established. And so, like, maybe in a couple summers, mm-hmm. that's not going to be as big a deal. Right. It'll hold its own. But this summer, once the mountain mint's done, I don't cut things back to the ground, to be clear. Right. Um, that's not the appropriate thing to do at this time of year. I cut stuff in half. So mm-hmm. I keep their foliage. I keep them growing. Sometimes, in the case of my penstemon, that I actually cut back, like, uh, three or four weeks ago, it's blooming again. Oh, wow. So there's... A chance. Yeah. It's not no necessarily a good chance, but there's a chance that things could throw out another bloom or two. Mm-hmm. It's not its full spring bloom. It's just yeah. it threw out like, oh, okay, you can still care about me. I'll th- give you a couple yeah. more flowers. Speaking of, and we can cut this if you want. What is this pinstamen out by the union that is blooming that is so pretty? I have no idea. We're going to have to go look okay. at it. I think it's I think it's a, one of the... Um, Rocky Mount, what do they call that Rocky one? Rocky Mount Stricta? I think it is. I would it's believe pinker, it. It's yeah. pinker, pink, pale, and it's more bushy. Probably Stricta then. Yeah. We'll have to go look we'll at We'll go it. look at yeah. it and maybe put a picture. Because they have, they have, what is, we'll, we're going to have to take a picture because it's one of the, it's one of the only things that they did around that union that looks real good. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's blooming together these plants are partnered up i want to say maybe calamint it's got around it yeah that would make sense my calamint's going crazy I now i think i'll go I look at the it. union or the library the union oh okay yeah um it's kind of on the edge of where the dining hall is oh yeah but it looks really good and i would okay. like to recreate it 
Um, well, we'll go look. We'll take yeah. a picture. We'll tell you all what it is. Because mm-hmm. um, for late summer, yeah, you don't usually expect Pinstamen to be looking that good. Well, and I don't know. So the, they've been doing so much construction around the Union, which mm-hmm. is part of the reason why the planting beds right, haven't looked right. that great. They'll get there. Um, so if they got planted later in the spring or summer, then they could be blooming out of season. Right. Just because they had the chance to but we'll go take a picture Mm -hmm. we'll find Mm -hmm. out what they are we'll show it to you um if you come see the union you can check out that penston and then come say hi to us and come see us yeah and ice cream and ice cream (laughs) Uh, ice cream's always good yeah so um so cut them back and we're talking not non-woodies people right right nothing woody Um, yeah this is like i I like to do it to especially things that I know have a hollow stem. Mm-hmm. So I cut off cone flowers after they bloom. Right. Um, because that opens a hollow stem up for nesting. And then uh, you can choose. So the trick here is with seeds. There's plants that you want to seed around your garden because you want more of them, like penstemons. If you don't let them seed, then eventually they'll fade from your garden because right. they're very short-lived perennials. So I wait till after the penstemon seed has finished, um, not just the flowers. But then things like Rudbeckia, which I love, Black-Eyed Susan, beautiful flower. I don't need 10,000 of right. them. So I cut those immediately before they have a chance to seed because um, they won't spread really otherwise. Um, and I would mind a couple seedlings but mm-hmm. it it can seed a little more aggressively than i yes. would like so it cutting stuff back at this time of year can also help um manage stuff that maybe you've already got enough of this penstemon and you want that one to seed around more or you know things like that and this is optional yeah 100 percent optional this is just what i do yeah. because i like that slightly cleaner look in my garden and i like to let um, the next plant show itself off. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I cut back my cone flowers and now have, like, twice the view of my goldenrod. Right. So, speaking of the next plant and goldenrod, yeah. what are you looking forward to that still has yet to bloom? So, I have my ironweed, which I know you were going to mention. Mm-hmm. I've got the iron butterfly cultivar, so the small one, uh, and it has been hanging on to some flower buds for like weeks and killing me. I think when we left for Portland, it had flower buds. No. And I've just been watching it and watching it and watching it. I know they were tiny. (laughs) (laughs) You looked too closely. (laughs) I looked too closely. I was too observant, but I have just been dying for it to be in full flower. And it's like halfway there. Mm -hmm. So I think another week and that thing is just going to be covered in purple blossoms. Yeah. That's awesome. I am excited for my asters. Yes. To me, that's the first sign that the fall that summer is ending, uh-huh. fall is coming, and I just can't wait because my asters are usually real full. However, they have been um, one plant in particular has been decimated by rabbits this year, and Ooh. I finally got it caged. So we'll see how that one does, um, but we'll wait for it. And what I'm really excited about this will be the first year that my um, Fireworks goldenrod will bloom over the top of my lady in black aster. Oh, they're just spilling into each other. And I can't wait for the show that that is going to put on. You better take pictures. I will. I will. I've just been waiting and watching. 
Fireworks so. goldenrod is that one that is like it's very vase shaped, so it's, mm-hmm. it grows like straight up out of the ground, and it doesn't leaf a whole lot mm-hmm. until like two feet ish. Yeah. And so it kind of people kind of don't like it for that because the base looks bare. But if when, you plant your the best way to use it is mm-hmm. to plant it behind something else, yep. and then it just like flows over like the filler in a vase mm-hmm. of these yellow spikes. And then Lady in Black is pink and pur- pink and white. Yeah, and uh, the foliage is darker, kind of purpley. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of colors in two plants. I know. It's going to be so pretty. I'm excited. I don't have a lot of like traditional asters yet. Mm. I just haven't. um, We've got some shrubs that need to come out where I've got my eye to put some asters. But I do have wood asters. Mm. So shade asters. And they look, the flowers are very aster-like. The plant, you wouldn't immediately say, ooh, aster. They're very airy and open and like uh, woodland looking. So I've got them in my sedge meadow. And they're going to bloom here in the next, like, I think they usually bloom early in September. Yeah. And they bloom for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I I just love it. Yeah. Uh, So exciting. So what is blooming right now for you? Okay. So right now, oh, I have my, um, we already said the word and now I forgot it. My summer nights. Oh, your Heliopsis. Heliopsis, mm-hmm. thank you. I always want to say Coriopsis, but... Well, that's fair. They kind of rhyme. Yeah. yeah. So my Heliopsis, they look really good. And I just planted them in the spring, so I was surprised at yeah. how many blooms they have. You know, you expect it maybe to bloom a little bit, but they're they're in full bloom. They're looking great. So that's one thing that I have. Um, my Rudbeckia and my Joe Pie still going strong. Good. Like I said, my Missouri Primrose... And my poppy mallow going strong. So all of that looks great. Um, And then I think my mountain mint is still blooming a bit. And I have some Veronica blooming. Oh, very Mm -hmm. pretty. Yeah. I like Veronica. I've got goldenrod in its full show, which I just love goldenrod. And I've got it backed by Big Blue Stem, which has been a dream garden of mine. Uh, Just to have that Big Blue Stem and Goldenrod, like Mm -hmm. I can't think of a more Nebraska garden. Yes. Uh, And I love it. I think the gold... Just got to get a metal arc to fly through. I know. Just be (laughs) perfect. I could have a license plate. Right. (laughs) Um, I've got my my, uh, Missouri Primrose is still Mm -hmm. putting on its show. And then uh, my alliums. Yeah, I have a few still blooming too. Right. Well, mm-hmm. actually, mine just started because oh, okay. they're in quite a bit of shade, mm. and so they're they're sort of they're late, mm-hmm. um, and that's mm-hmm. fine. But they are just like opening into their full balls, and Ooh, I love them yes. oh, so much. One thing I forgot to an aster I forgot to mention is I've got like a carpet of heath aster in one of my mm-hmm. gardens, and the snow flurry, the ground cover one. Um, that's going to start here really soon. My snow flurry that I planted in the spring is doing its job. It's filling in, um, which is really great. And I wonder if it might bloom a little bit. I think it will. Mine bloomed the first fall after I planted it. So Mm -hmm. I think you have a chance. All right. But yeah, it's, it's that like second showing Mm -hmm. of the garden is starting. I think that summer is always pretty in prairie gardens, but spring and fall are the real shows. Fall's the encore, it baby. Is. 
and I'm just waiting for my grasses to start turning their colors. Oh my gosh, that's the other thing. My drop seed looks so good right now. It's just doing its thing, and I'm just cheering it on over here. And uh, we had this flat of ruby crystals grass, which is an (gasps) annual grass that was a tough sell in the greenhouse because people want perennials. So Bob and I both took home quite a bit to plant. It's so pretty. It's just like this very puffy round grass that's very blue green. And then its seed head is super airy and pink. Is that what we have up front here on campus? I'm going to just refer to the campus that nobody probably nobody on this see. podcast well, will see. We're just going to have to take a We'll walk. take pictures. Yeah. It you looks, walk campus a lot more I than do. I do because you walk to work. <laughs> it looks so good okay, right you'll now. Have to show me. Yes, it, I'll take some pictures. They plant a lot of annuals at that entrance. So yeah, I and it is their annual bed. Okay. That last year they put an inn in and you oh, couldn't tell yeah. it was an inn until the end of summer. Well, that works <laughs> but, until yeah, football yeah, season. Right. Um, but in the landscape, it's staying bright, bright blue right now. But mm. in the pots in the greenhouse, it has started showing what its fall color is going to be. And I can't wait. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be so pretty. I did. We planted a desert willow this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to fill in the bed because we had to get it planted right. and we had annuals. So... It's a ring of ruby crystals around the desert willow and then zinnias in front of that. And, oh, I am so in love with this little garden. I don't plant a lot of annuals, but I love it. Which reminds me of a hack that Lucinda gave us. Ooh, what? Um, When we were there for Wildflower Week at Shadron, Lucinda at Shadron. One of the things that she does when she's putting in a new bed, just to um, make sure people realize it's a new garden bed and it's going to look pretty, but, you know, it takes a little bit, is she intersperses Cosmos the first Mm, year. That's smart. (laughs) So um, that it's like, yeah, there's flowers, look. So I, yeah, I, I I'm sure yours looks really good. It does. It looks so good. That's a a great, um, if you've used our layered approach to gardening handout that we have, our publication on designing a prairie garden by layering the plants, one of the layers is placeholders, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what that is to use some annuals or very short-lived perennials that Mm -hmm. bloom and grow real fast so that people have something to look at. While the longer lived things take their time. Yeah. And that was sort of my plan here was like, we need to get the tree in the ground. We'd already spent our perennial budget for the year. Right. So we'll plant around it Mm -hmm. in the spring. But at least for the summer, we had zinnias and this this ruby crystals grass that I will now be getting every year. Yeah, we're going to have to permanently add it to the Spring Affair list. I think so. I think it would be a good add. Mm -hmm. Well, um, looking forward to this fall, the next couple episodes, we're going to talk a little bit about fall planting. So if you're planning to do some fall perennial planting or fall tree planting, we're going to talk a little bit about um, why we love to plant things in the fall, Mm -hmm. even though most people still think spring is a good time for planting, and it is. There's some huge benefits to fall planting. Absolutely. So we're going to talk a little bit about the whys and the how-tos and the what makes it different from spring in the next couple episodes. And mm-hmm. then we'll be moving into fall pretty quickly. But enjoy the last bits of summer. It's not over yet. School no. might have started. It's still summer. Still summer, people. 
The pools are closed, but it's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I didn't go to the pool this year. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We hope you enjoyed this. Don't forget to rate and review us wherever you're listening to podcasts. Don't forget to send us your questions. Once again, it's summer. I'm sure you have some gardening questions. Maybe you want to know what to plant in the fall. Maybe you're like, I don't know if trees should, what tree should I plant this fall? We can help you with that. So send us your questions, rate and review us. Thank you for listening. Bloombox and Bloombox Growing Deeper are both programs of the Nebraska Statewide Arboretum. Mm-hmm.